0: Welcome to John Hyatt Month, where we get off the Bruce Springsteen train and we get in the back of a pickup truck and head to Hyatt Town. We will be talking all about John Hyatt, the singer-songwriter from Indiana, who is better known as a songwriter than he is a performer. But we are about to change your mind, and hopefully, if you are a longtime fan of John's music or a newbie, to enjoy our discussions. So once again, welcome to John Hyatt Month all down you got a fine To kick off John Hyatt Month, here is a repeat episode way back in July of two thousand and eighteen, Scott Isom joined me and we talked all about John Hyatt. Scott's fandom, my fandom. And so I can't think of a better way to start out John Hyatt Month than this classic discussion. Enjoy. And welcome to a new episode of Set and Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. However, tonight is one of our B-side episodes where we get off the Bruce Springsteen train and we take a different path. How you doing, Scott? Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm doing well, Jesse. Good. Uh, Scott had been on a podcast with me before. We had a great time. We've continued uh, staying in touch via social media. And um, we're going to end up having a a comic book discussion soon. But uh, for tonight, we're going to talk about a singer-songwriter that I don't know how many of you know. uh, A guy named John Hyatt. So, um, anyway, uh, why don't you, just in case someone did not see, uh, listen to the earlier episode, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, Scott? Um,
1: my name is Scott, Scott Isom. And, uh, uh, as I told Jesse at one time, I suffer from career attention deficit syndrome, which means I've, um, uh, done everything with my life from, um, Uh, department store manager, to um, Airborne Infantry, 82nd Airborne, to grad school studying art history. And since you can't find a job with a degree in art history, I now carry mail.
0: Very nice. Very cool. And uh, big Springsteen fan. That's why you're on earlier. But uh, you also like John Hyatt. Yes, I do. So talk to me a little bit. Tell me about um, how you found John. And and I guess to set the um, stage for those of you who are going, okay, Jesse, we don't know who John Hyatt is. John Hyatt is a singer, songwriter, musician. Um, he uh, was born in 52. Uh, one of his um, – he is known more as a songwriter than I think a performer. Um He wrote, uh, "Sure as I'm sitting here, uh, with the three dog night, with the three dog night, with three dog night." He also did. um, um, Roseanne Cash did. It hadn't happened yet. The way we make a broken heart, and um, and he had a huge amount when Bonnie Raitt was going crazy. Uh, and doing really well. Um, she had covered a lot of his songs. So, and
1: I'll add he. Yeah, I'll add he also did "Writing with the King," that Eric Clapton and BB King um, did real well with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he is uh, one of those guys that um, great, um, you know, blues voice. Um, did a lot of wonderful songs, and, uh, you know, just someone that I've loved for a long time. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you found John, and what about him made you uh, interested in?
1: Oh, I sort of came upon John Hyatt the back way. Uh, sometime in the late 70s, I believe, I bought Three Dog Ninth's Greatest Hits, and one of the things I knew about Three Dog Night is I knew they didn't write their own material, so I was looking at the different writers and I saw um Coy Daxton and Harry Nielsen, and also I saw John Hyatt and I liked the song and I investigated him a little bit at the time and probably I don't know eight nine years later later, I bought one of his greatest hits I think he's had four of them now
0: okay um what about is um what about the songs and his his music and his writing kind of spoke to you?
1: Well, he's a little bit of everything. He's he's called a singer songwriter, but he's a chameleon also. He started as a, a new wave. They really thought he was going to be America's answer to new wave, and then he um, went through his blues period, and he's also had his hard rock period and his um. Um, more contemporary folk period. He he can do everything. He can do it really well. He's a brilliant songwriter. He also is a fine musician. He also has a very good uh, ear for discovering talent around himself as well. I just he's I he's he's extremely interesting. You're not going to get bored listening to him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, Scott. Um, you know, one of the things John does is. Um, He reinvents himself fairly often. Um, The song I was drawing a blank on, a thing called love uh, from uh, Bonnie Raitt's uh, Nick of Time um, album that, um, and just she, you know, went, they went crazy on her, uh, the Grammys uh, during that year. Um, She won. Three Grammys, including Album of the Year, and, um, you know, Are You Ready for This Thing Called Love was one of the big songs on it. So, Scott, my John Hyatt um, experience is kind of based on uh, friendship and family. Um, Way back in 1980, I started dating um, the lady who would one day become my wife and still is, Linda. And she had a friend named Rick Lisko who who had started dating her friend Jennifer. And um, they were all this very close buddies. And Rick loved John Hyatt's CD Slugline. Um, He just uh, adored it, became just, And so they all listened to it, you know, this, you know, and Slugline is, you know, very early, Um, you know, in 74, he did his first album, which is Hanging Around the Observatory. Slugline was in 79, you know, so he had done a little bit of touring. My my wife kind of loved it. And, you know, because we're dating and I'm getting together, um, you know, I started loving it, and um, but what I really didn't become um, really invested in him is when Riding with the King came out in 1983. Um, it's a very different produced album. Um, it it is a there are so many great songs on this. Um, and we're going to talk about you know some of them, but um, you know the actual writing with the king. You may already be a winner. The love that harms is something that I just really love that song. Um, it's a it 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 kind of um, I think it's a really amazing um, album, though it did not click. And give him the commercial success uh, that we thought. Um, So, Scott, how about you? Like, you know, you've picked up this greatest hits. What albums did you start picking up first, and which ones did you enjoy?
1: Uh, The first one I got was Writing with the King. Yeah, and and I loved it just as you did. It's I find it interesting too. That was his second period, and he also had a bad habit of. Of not being successful, he, yes. he was. Uh, I think for his first eight, album, first eight albums. He was with four different record companies. Yes. And um, uh, um, I like, I said, I like writing with the King. I like uh, his his three best albums, which I think be, you would agree would be that and um, Bring the Family, Still Turning. Those I like all three of those, and also I like late um his last few albums have been more the cla- the classic singer songwriter and i really like some of them too like the open road and uh uh destroy a perfectly good Dis- good to guitar yeah. and dirty uh dirty jeans and months um i th- i think his current writing is very good
0: yeah i do too um so we became fan you know we're fans and then when bring the family came out which was kind of his first album that reached um, a little bit of success. Um, His backing band uh, consisted of Ry Cooter, Nick Lowe, and Jim Keltner. Um, A super group. Yes, exactly. Um, On it is Memphis of the Meantime, which has been covered by many people. Um, and there's a line in it, I don't think Ronnie Milsap will ever sing this song, and Ronnie Milsap has covered it, which is very, very funny. Um, and then the big song on it, um, Have a Little Faith in Me, which has been covered, Mandy Moore, Jewel, Dilbert McLennan, has been featured in tons of TV shows, and um, And he had said that, you know, if he had a dime for every time it's played at a wedding, he would be a rich man.
2: star And you can no longer see Just give Let my love throw a spark And have a little faith in me
3: When the tears you cry
2: These loving arms to try, baby and Have a little faith in me Have a
3: little faith in me Have a little faith in me
0: to a different level, and then, you know, I agree, Slow Turning, we had Angel's Eyes, Tennessee Plates, that I really love um, that song, and and that, those albums, one of my favorite albums, not only Riding With The King, and not only The Tiki Bar Is Open, which is one of his newer um, albums, but I love... Uh, stolen moments which he released in 1990 it is does not have as many well-known songs on it but as an album talking about growing old and and your family it it really hit home with me so that's one of my uh, favorite song albums you mentioned slow turning talk a little bit about why that album you love so much
1: well, first thing I'll say is slow turning is quality. He, um, the first thing he he was no longer with his his super band, so I think he had to be more he he had to depend more on himself. And like you you mentioned, Tennessee Plates, he he has a nice ear for satire, and that's a song that has, it cuts deeper. But on the surface, it's a nice humorous song. Dry South is a really nice song, pulls you in real quickly.
0: Which became a country hit for Susie um, uh, Bogut, you know, so that's really nice. Um, yes.
1: Yeah. The quality, it's, it's uh, I don't think it has the highs of the previous album, but yeah. I don't, I think overall in quality, it's exceptional.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've been lucky enough to have seen him a couple of times this was right after um, we had moved to dallas in 86 he had had bring the family out Um, i don't know if slow turning had been out yet but he toured in dallas and it was a just him on stage with a guitar and a keyboard and um it was a small enough club That we got to talk to him um, after the show. Um, You know, he, um, I get he had recently found sobriety, you know, because he talks about in one of the song lyrics, All My Bars Now Have Lettuce and Tomatoes. Uh, You know, he signed the albums we had and we just talked about them. He was um, a little nervous. And not as warm as you would have liked him to see, but really great. And then when he came and visited Dallas, we would routinely, um, Rick and Jennifer um, would go with Linda and I. Uh, one time when the Goners, which was his album, you know, when they really discovered heavy guitars, um, we played at a club called Trees and. That was our first time we'd ever gone to a club that had no chairs. It was just a standing room only club. And, you know, Scott, I made the joke. I didn't know. I I guess I should have asked, did this ticket include a chair? Uh, you know? <laughs> um, and so uh, that was a lot of fun. We saw him later in the 2000s. He, t- he was at a beautiful venue. It was uh, a former theater, the Lake- Lakeview Theater. And uh, he told a great story about he, the night before he was in Houston, Texas, and a bunch of the astronauts uh, from NASA had came and seen him. And they, they had been on the shuttle, and they had played Blue Telescope, which is one of his songs. He said, it was so cool, medium, and like an idiot, I forgot to play Blue Telescope for them um, at the show, so I'm playing it for him tonight. And then on February 14th... 2011. He and Jennifer had divorced. I had spoke at his funeral and, and quoted Land of Hope and Dreams, had talked about his love of John Hyatt, and for the next few years, Scott... It was too painful to go see a Hyatt show. I would, I would go to Linda and I'd go, hey, and she'd just go, too soon, too soon. Um, but last year, he was doing an acoustical tour, and he was playing at the House of Blues here in Dallas. And we went and saw it, and um, it was just happy memories. You know, it truly was just with joy to see John um, singing. Telling stories, just him on stage with his guitar. Um, it seemed like he was having a blast, and and we felt that love and um, you know closeness to our friend, even though he's gone. Uh-huh. So, so that's my live stories. Do you have any?
1: No, um, unfortunately, he came through Columbia two or three times while I was there, but I, I did not catch him. I saw a number of other great shows there, but just never saw him. And, um, well, you live in Texas, so you're a little closer to where he now performs. Yeah. And I think he lives in Texas now, doesn't
0: he? I don't know there in Nashville. I'm not sure, but yes, it is a little placer. So, well, I, he does a great show, um, whether he has the band with him or solo. So hopefully you'll get the chance. Um, so, listeners, what we thought we'd do is we would pick a few songs that we would recommend that we could you could talk about. So, hopefully, you will go out and check it out. So, Scott, you want to start us out?
1: Oh, well, certainly. Uh, well, the first song I mentioned, let's see, I got signed it. Um, okay, she loves a she jerk.
2: to death, crying on the telephone, nights when it drinks at home, she has to whisper through her tears, Johnny, she says, you never do these things to me, but I can never make her see. Wasted such precious years Well you married the wrong guy Is all I ever said He's a all no good so and so But she'll never let him go and Though she knows it'll never work She loves the jerk
0: It is, um, you tell your story, and then I'll tell my story about that.
1: Well, the, f- the first thing you'll notice with it when you listen to it is he sounds a lot like Elvis Costello. Uh, he started out in Nashville, and he was initially trying to break into the Nashville scene. He started as a writer in Nashville, but not long after that, um, he was pegged um, as a, an angry new waver like Elvis Costello, Joe Jackson. And when you listen to, she loves the jerk. It's a lot like Elvis Costello. We actually on a later album, he does a, a duet with Elvis Costello and, um, the smooth voice you hear right there. uh it's amazing to think that that's the same person that would, um, uh, do the, uh, gruff blues sounding uh, songs later.
0: Yeah. Um, I there one of the lyrics is he's a no good so and so, but she'll never let him go though she knows it will never work. She loves the jerk,
1: yes, angry like Elvis Costello
0: yes um the uh, by the way, one of my wife's um John Hyatt is so involved in our friendships um we had a friend named Lisa who mm. would always correct Linda and would say you got it right, Um, Linda would say, Elvis Costello sounds like John Hyatt. And she'd go, no, 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 Jesse. No, 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 Linda. John Hyatt sounds like Elvis Costello. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You know. And the other thing, we had another uh, friend who actually married. They were the couple that set us up, Linda and I. They set us up on the blind date. And Linda was not a big fan of – my friend um, and um and her friend ended up marrying him, and she always thought she loves the jerk was their story, uh, you know <laughs> great song, great pick, there's a lot of songs like I've already talked about, have a little faith in me, so i i, I you know I thought that was a little too mainstream to share. You might heard um the rest of the dream which is, is a song that they uh, the New Degree Dirt Band has covered it. Um, it's, it's just a great song about parenthood and children. At one point, the lyric is, when you couldn't find the light at the top of the stairs, when you cried in the night, well, you knew they were there. Well, the light of the day was as bright as it seemed, And you knew in your heart you were living the rest of the dream. The song takes three three sections talking about before you were born, as you were born, and then you become a parent yourself. And I just think it's a lovely song about parenthood and children. And uh, so that's one that um, I wanted to share with you guys. you've got another one right? Yes I do. Okay.
1: And next one is feels like rain off of slow tuning which we already have discussed somewhat.
0: Yes.
2: Down here
1: Um, this song and the song or the album before it, I consider that's his mature work. That's where uh, he still continued to evolve, and he would still continue to evolve his entire career. But here he was, um, uh, his his voice, his um, his singing voice is straight out of the Memphis blues. He's um, as my wife called it, my I played a little bit of this song for, and she said he sounds like um, uh, he sounds like he's R&B, and uh, he's got he's channeling his gravelly voice. It's completely different from the smooth voice he used earlier. And plus, you can see he's incorporating a band. The orchestration and music, musicianship behind him is, is superb. And He's a fine guitar player himself, but you can hear what he has behind him. And this song is, it's a well-developed, well-mature. Uh, um, it's This is something you could easily hear on Top 40 even today.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, yes. Down here the river meets the sea, and in the sticky heat I feel you open up to me. Love comes out of nowhere, baby, like a hurricane, and it feels like rain. It is just a great discussion, right? Of just oh, I love this, and that feeling. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's a southern. It's a it, it's sounds like the blues, but it's actually it's more Memphis, and mm-hmm. it's a love song, a classic love song, straight
0: Elvis. Yeah, I, I agree. The. Um, My next one is Perfectly Good Guitar. This was his phase where he was playing um, with a pretty wild band. This got a little bit of airplay. I think that uh, a lot of people love this song. He has such a great chorus where it breaks my heart to see these stars smashing a perfectly good guitar. I don't know who they think they are smashing a perfectly good guitar and he's jamming on that and you know and kind of stretching his songs when he does it live he acts like he's going to you know during the solos at the end he acts like he's going to smash the guitar and instead he ends up holding it you know hugging it like something precious I just, I love the idea, you know, there, there is something about a musician and his guitars. So I think this captures it pretty, um, pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of depth with it, too. On the surface, it sounds like um, uh guilty hindrance or whatever. But I think it also has to deal with um, not just the guitar, but uh, love's relationship and life. Yeah. Tearing life apart.
0: I, I think so. And I think it's a little bit of a tongue in cheek and a little bit of just, you know, this kind of having a little fun with like the who or someone who's doing that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. so you got one left and the one i have left
1: is dirty old town okay well i would put dirty old town as sort of um a parallel song to the one you just mentioned it in that they're both a little bit tongue-in-cheek this one is uh, a little more angry uh uh um a little sadder the um satire isn't there as much but again it's about uh i think it's him dealing with the reality of what brought him to where he is. He, he's okay where he is, but it hasn't been an easy role. And again, this is very similar song, uh, Another well-written song, but it's also in his latter style of, um, of less uh, less blues band behind him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, great song. Um, it's... Um Dirty Jeans and Mudslide Hymns.
1: Okay, so three uh, three albums
0: ago. Yeah, and so just a great song, I agree. And you're right, there is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. Hear a little bit of it.
3: So my last song
0: is – and and it was tough to get it just down to a three. I just love um, Just Like Your Dad Did. It is, once again, it's from Bring the Family. And we we talk about this lyric all the time. So you go to work just to watch some jerk pick up the perks you were in line to get. And the guy mm-hmm. that hired – just got fired, your job expired, they just ain't told you yet. So you go and buy a new set of wheels to show your family just how great you feel, acting like a kid, just like your dad did. It's a very cynical song till the end. And then, I will not spoil this if you have never heard the song, The two-year-old says grace is absolutely amazing. It is such, and maybe because parenthood meant so much to him, I connect this with so much family. I think that's why I love this one so much.
1: Yeah, I saw that you had it on your list today, and I just listened to it today. And uh, I, I share your sentiments exactly. I think it's a beautiful song.
0: In, in just a center. So here we go. Let's listen to a little bit of it. So those are just um, six songs for you guys to check out. Um, I truly believe John is an amazing uh, songwriter. Um, I am trying to get – I'm hoping sooner. um, There is the guys who do the music podcast down in Australia. He believes that there is a correlation between John Hyatt's Bring the Family and Bruce Springsteen's Tunnel of Love, and so we want to have a discussion about both those albums, how they made a changing point uh, creatively through both of them, and um, how they different styles. So look for that hopefully soon. Um, any uh, final thoughts? Anything you want to share, Scott?
1: Oh, well, one thing I would recommend. If somebody is interested in looking at John Hyatt, is listen to uh, Three Dog Night's version of "Sure as I'm Sitting Here," which was off one of their last albums in 1974, and then listen to John Hyatt's version. I think which is off his his first album, and he, it's one of the first songs he wrote when maybe he was 18, and you can see how mature a songwriter he was, and how little Three Dog Night was a hit making machine. They would take and interpret interpret very fine music and make a top 40 song out of it. See what they did with his song and how little they had to do with it.
0: Yeah. Um, you sent me a link to a um, a John Hyatt cover. I don't know if that was um, Spotify or something else, but um, there is a connection. Bruce has done across the borderline uh, live, um, you know, uh, so you know, Angel's Eyes was a big hit for Jeff Healey band. Yes. Um, you know, it it hasn't happened yet. We talked about it with Roseanne Cash. Uh, there is a um, wonderful. Um, they've done a. They did a duet on one of the nitty gritty dirt bands. Um, Will the circle be unbroken? Um, and
1: Buddy Buddy Guy did Feel Like Rain.
0: Yeah. Um, when we ran with Linda Ronstadt. Um, so, yeah, there, there is um, there is a lot of he is really um, known as a, as a songwriter, but I think he has a style that is worth sharing. And, and I think that's an excellent idea, Scott, to, um, for fun, you know, Google a couple of songs – you know, and then listen to the cover and then listen to his version and kind of compare the two. Um, and, and if you get a chance to go see him live, I, I recommend him. Guys, it's it's a good show. Um, it's not a three-and-a-half-hour show Springsteen-wise, but very few people are, right? Yeah, he is getting
1: the catalog now, but...
0: Yeah, they just, no one else seems to want to do that kind of time. Um, no, no. Yeah, so thank you, Scott. This was great. I appreciate it. Um, I, I have been wanting to have someone on the show to talk John Hyatt um, for years, and I'm so glad you joined me. Um, talk, give us uh, your Twitter handle and if someone wants to reach you.
1: Okay. Um, last time we did this, I had to look it up.
0: Well, that's okay. I have it right handy. Um, oh,
1: thank you, because I don't know it.
0: Yeah, it is uh, Scott. And he is at the underscore ice poet. And so let him know what you think. He would love to hear that. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is at Set Lusting Bruce um, on Twitter. And if you want to email me with an idea of a show or join me as a guest, send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Um, Scott, any final words? <laughs>
1: Uh, No, I just encourage, if you don't know John Hyatt, look him up. Uh, If nothing else, uh, grab one of his greatest hits, Spotify, whatever, and listen to it. I think you will be uh, very glad you did.
0: I agree. Um, So we're going to end with, and when your back's against the wall, just turn around and you will see. I will catch. I will catch your fall, baby. Just have a little faith in me. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Scott. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast. That is the one, the only Set listening Bruce. The theme for Set and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.